welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin. Doing a podcast for the Mavs. Past two games. Um, I'm not really going to probably go over uh, each game sort of specifically. I'm going to do more of a generality. Uh, you know, they played two games since my last pod. The last game, or the first game was against the Lakers on Wednesday night. They won that game. Um, it was actually a really good game. Now, their fourth quarter was atrocious uh, when it came to scoring. They were up by 20, the, Ma- the Mavs were, and they only ended up winning by three. And at one point, I think they did go like, down. They were losing. Um, one of the, you know, a few things that sort of show up is, you know, Jones, Williams, and Lively, they, they, how this is sort of getting now lively. He only played 19 minutes. He got injured. Left the game. He did have 10 rebounds, so he only had two points. Uh, Grant Williams had three rebounds, only six points. Um, Derek Jones Jr. had two rebounds, two blocks, and six points. Um, you know, we're we're sort of getting into the territory last year. Now with lively, he's not much of a scorer and he's a 19 year rookie and the fact that the Mavs rely on him like they do is insane but we are sort of going back to the um, way it was last year where you you get like no points from several starters and it really hurts this team Um, one of the bright spots with the uh, this game against the Lakers was Rashawn Holmes playing 23 minutes he played fantastic he also had 10 rebounds and he had four points, and it was a fantastic game for him. Um, Lively, like I said, got injured, and so Holmes was able to fill in, and then Powell played back up. He played five minutes. But, um, you know, it's um, it was a good win, even though their fourth quarter was really bad. You know, Luka had 30, and Kyrie had 28. You know, Luka had 12 rebounds, eight assists. Um but, you know, it's a win uh, on the road against a playoff team. I, I, I don't know if you could really call them playoff. I, like, technically, the top ten is a playoff team. Lakers currently sitting at seventh. or ten and seven right now. But, you know, it's a winning team. So, it, I, I, like I said, at the end of the day, it is a win against a winning team. The, the game they played last night against the Clippers, I'm doing this on the Sunday, um, it was a terrible game, awful game. Um, again, they couldn't score the entire game. They only scored 88 points. Uh, Rashawn Holmes did get the start with Lively being out because of his injury. Uh, you know, I was excited about Rashawn Holmes starting, but one thing I did notice was Zubots is – just so much bigger than he is you know the Mavs played the Clippers a few weeks ago and it was clear that Derek Lively was somebody who was able to keep Zubats off the board Um, but he is the only person on the roster that can do that Zubats had 14 rebounds and with him not there it was just it was awful Um, they they had no rebounding Uh, they ended up with uh 37 rebounds, and the Clippers ended up with 57 rebounds. Um, he also didn't score, which was tough to see. But uh, 
you know, you only got five point from five points from Grant Williams, four rebounds. They only got four points from Derek Jones Jr. Um, and one rebound. Dwight Powell played 14 minutes. He gave you two points and two rebounds. Um, you know, Josh Green played nine minutes. He didn't score. Jaden Hardy scored four points, but he only got to play seven minutes, um, which is uh, just a terrible decision, if you ask me. Seth Curry just continues just to be a disappointment. He had three points in eight minutes. You know, Exum played 17 minutes. Um, you know, Exum's a decent defender, but he only had two points. He had eight rebounds, which was is really helpful, really good. But he only scored two. You know, he made one shot. He missed one three. They shot 23% from three-point. Um, they just, they, they sh- you know, it wouldn't be a big deal because, you know, they shot 23% and the, the Clippers shot 27%. The big difference is the Clippers, they only took 29. Dallas took 38. And, you know, Dallas is a volume shooting team. Tim Hardaway, he was two for nine on his threes. Um, this team has a, a problem. The one problem is, is they're reliant. They're so reliant on Derek Lively, right? It's they really needed Derek Lively. Like he was a must, and they drafted him, which was the right pick, and he's starting, which is the right move. Rashawn Holmes needs to back him up. That's the right move. But you can't just rely on a guy like that. Because if he does miss, you're you just can't fold like that. Also, you only scored 88 points. Um, you know you got 30 from Luca, who was one for eight on his threes, which is terrible. Uh, he had took 27 shots overall, made 12. Kyrie took 22 of them, made 11. He was three for seven on his threes, which isn't a terrible percentage, but. This team sort of goes back to, like, kid will go back to what didn't work last year, and it's really frustrating to watch. i got to be honest with you, I didn't finish this game. Halfway through the third quarter, I shut it off. The game was started late. I just wasn't going to watch them get just plowed. And, you know, they, they put this video online of Westbrook, you know, talking trash, like, go at him, go at him, to, you know, oh, Westbrook said go at Luca. Well... Unfortunately, there's no context to that, and it looked like as I was watching the highlight that Luca was playing center. And if that's the case, I, I'm sorry, but that's a fireable offense by the head coach. If you ask me, you've got to fire your head coach if he's playing Luca at center. You can't just play five guards and just be like, "Yeah, we're gonna yay, we're gonna win." I'm sorry, you can't. That it, it just doesn't work. It does. It this team cannot play small. And I just don't know what Jason Kidd sees that makes him think this team can play small. I don't. I, I've watched every game. And when Matt Dallas plays small, they're so bad at it. The biggest reason is because three of your players are Luka, Kyrie, and, and Tim Hardaway Jr. And those are your three probably worst defenders on your roster. And so you can't play three awful defenders and just expect to win a basketball game because you went small. So Dallas is sort of at this crossroads. They've got to figure something out. This team isn't doing anything this year. They're not. They'll probably make the playoffs. There's a good chance they'll make the playoffs. You know, looking at the standings, um, they are currently sitting uh, fourth. 
There are four teams with four with six losses, including Dallas, Phoenix, and Denver, and Sacramento. The others, um, actually, there's another one. Houston also has six losses. They just haven't played a lot of games. But you know, there's going to be a really good team miss the playoffs. I don't know who that team is going to be at currently at the standings where I'm looking at. The Clippers are the 11th team. I don't really think they're going to be there by the year's end. I think they'll be higher up. Now, Houston and New Orleans are shaky teams. Now, Houston does play good defense. They are still building a team. Um, they've been playing well. But I, I whether they can turn that into making the plan, I don't know. I think they can. I, I think they have a good coach. I think the coach give me the difference. New Orleans, I, I still don't think they can put it together. I, I don't know how the, the whole tournament thing is going to make a bad team look good. Um, you know, that's sort of what it does in the NCAA tournament in college. You'll A bad team will end up going pretty far. New Orleans is going to be that team. Uh, you know, they're going to get it. They're going to get the spot in the group with Dallas is in, even though they've, they're only one game above 500. They're five and five in their last 10. They're just, they're just an average team, right? But Dallas is too, in all fairness. But it's, you know, Denver's excuses, they've got injury. Jamal Murray's not been there, right? Jamal Murray's a big part of what they do. You know, take Kyrie off the Mavs and they're not the same team, right? It That's a given. You take Jamal Murray off the Nuggets, they're not the same team. So, um, you know, that's a given. But, you know, it, it is funny. Minnesota sitting at top of the West with five, four losses, and Oklahoma City has five. A lot of people have six. So Dallas, Dallas is only a game and a half out of first place after all the complaining I'm doing. And I understand that. But when you watch this team, they're still – Heavily reliant on the three-point shot. Heavily reliant. If their threes aren't going in, that's it. Jason Kidd still loves to play small ball, and small ball doesn't work. He still loves to play Dwight Powell. Now, had Lively not gotten hurt, I don't know how much Dwight Powell would have played in the Laker game, and I don't know how much he would have played in the Clipper game. So kudos to him for actually seeing Rashawn Holmes can play in this league because he can. Um. But one thing I, I think Dallas should do, I, I really think they should do this. Um, I think it would be the best thing possible is I think they got to move Tim Hardaway. You know, I, I understand Tim Hardaway's playing really good offensively, but Tim Hardaway's a terrible defender. He is. He's, he's not good defensively. And the way I see it, you can replace – I think you can replace his offense – and if you can't, then you it doesn't matter. You can try to get more stops, right? Maybe you only need to score ten of his points, right? If he can ever if he averages fifteen, maybe you only gotta replace eight points because you're gonna replace seven defensively, if that makes sense. So um I think they gotta move from Tim Hardaway Jr. I I, I think his value is at its highest. I don't think the Mavericks are a successful team when you know, when they're playing the the Hardaway, the Luka, and the Kyrie lineup. And I just think you have to stop. And the only way you can stop is trade Tim. I think this team still needs something more. And I just don't think Tim Hardaway will be there by the time this team does become a winning team. Um, so I, I think you take advantage of his value now. I think he has high value now. And I think you, you trade him. 
you know, I wouldn't doubt it if Miami was still interested in him. Uh, you know, Miami's been playing well lately. They have um, they've moved their way up to, or well, now it's the seventh spot. It was like the third spot, but I guess you lose two games in a row, and all of a sudden, you know, the the East is just as crammed as the West right now. We're still early, but. Uh, you know, Boston has the best record, and they've got four losses, and there's a handful of teams with five and six and stuff. But Orlando being one of those teams, Orlando's sitting second right now, which is really fun to see. But anyhow, I think there's a team out there that would love to have Hardaway. Even the Knicks might even like having Hardaway. Maybe you could get your draft pick back. That's That would work, right? But I think you got to move on from Hardaway. I just I don't think he's part of this team's future. I don't think he fits. I think if you're gonna have Hardaway, then you've got to move a guy like you got to move Kyrie, right? If you want to keep Hardaway, you got to move Kyrie because I just don't think it works. I don't think that three man lineup works. It's just it's not good defensively. You know, I didn't want Dallas to become the Portland Trailblazers, uh, the Lillard McCollum era. Um, Lillard, Lillard and McCollum couldn't defend. They can't defend, right? Neither of them are defenders. And they eventually finally split them up. You know, McCollum does well in New Orleans because he gets to play in the backcourt with Herb Jones, who's a defender. Um, Lillard, he is struggling to defend in Milwaukee where he doesn't really have a defensive backcourt. I don't even know who he shares the backcourt with because Milwaukee's just sort of this hosh-posh team at the moment and they've got a lot of injuries. So I'm not even sure who he shares the backcourt with, but... Both of them are just terrible defensively. But, you know, one advantage Dallas does have is Luka doesn't have to play the guard defensively, right? Luka doesn't have to guard, you know, the other team's one guard, right? He's big enough to guard one one of the other guys on the floor. And so you can play someone like, like Dallas starts Derrick Jones Jr. Or, you know, they'll play Josh Green sometimes with that, you know, with Luka and Kyrie. And... Those to me, those lineup, those three, if it's Luca, Kyrie, and Jones, or Luca, Kyrie, and Green, are better than Hardaway. Now I know some people will come out with a number and say, "No, if you look at this, the offensive rating is this, the defensive rating." Well, I'd be willing to bet that the defensive rating is a heck of a lot higher. Now you might have a higher offensive rating with Hardaway on the court. That's fine. I get that, but you can't just go out and expect to outscore guys or outscore teams night in and night out because that's just not possible. You will lose games, right? You're you you have nights where you shoot twenty percent, and you know Tim Hardaway is the the definition definition of a streaky shooter. And so if Tim Hardaway is not hitting his shot, he's just out there doing cardio because he ain't defending. You know, at least with Derek Jones Jr. and Josh Green, and even, you know, I, I complain about Exum because Exum has no jump shot at all. You know, at least with those guys, they're not volume shooters and they play hard defense. They play, you know, they're good at defense. They're not like great shutdown guys, but they're good at defense. And so you at least get something in return from them. But, you, I mean, you are going to be more reliant on Luke and Kyrie to score, which is fine. But, you just at least you're you know it's not a layup drill you know when you when you've got a lineup of Luca Powell and 
Hardaway and Kyrie, it's a layup drill. I don't care who that fifth guy is. It doesn't matter who that fifth guy is. It's just going to be a layup drill because there's no defense in that lineup. So I, I just I, it angers me to see Dallas revert back to the ways of last year. And, you know, the only thing I can think of for them is to give up on the fast pace and play slow again. Slow again. Because the more possessions Dallas has, the – the more possessions that, you know, the the other team's going to have. So it, it's just it, – it's one of those things where you have to choose. And if, if you're not going to move anyone, if you're just going to continue with the rest of the season this way, then that's just what you're going to have to do because you, you're not a winning team, I don't think, playing fast plays like – like they have been, I you know they're five and five in their last ten, and you know they they were off to a hot start where they won like their first four or five games, and they've just been an average team since. So that's sort of how that year went with uh, Porzingis's first full year. They had a hot start, and then they sort of played average basketball after that. So um, I it's just. You you've got to you've got to do something, and I, like I said, I I don't know what their plan is. I don't even know if they have a plan. Um, it'd be nice, to, like I said, to get a different coach, but that's probably not going to happen. And if that's not going to happen, I think your next next best bet is just to move Tim Hardaway, move him while the getting's good. You could get something good for him, and take advantage of. You know, being able to have a guy because Dallas doesn't have any like true assets that. I mean, they have guys that people want, right? People would take Hardy. People would take Lively. Obviously, people would take Omax, but those guys are on rookie contracts. So, I don't refer to those so much as assets because everybody, um, not everybody, but a lot of teams have guys like that. They're guys on rookie contracts. It's those, it's those veteran players that people are looking for when they're trying to make a playoff push, like Hardaway, you know. And, you know, they could even, if they wanted to, move on Exum. Now, Exum doesn't get paid a lot, so you, you you wouldn't get a lot in return for him. But, you know, if you wanted to bundle um, Hardaway with Exum or even Hardaway with Seth Curry, you might be able to, you know, move him to Miami Maybe get in a three-way deal with another team where you bring a, just a guy back. Maybe, hey, do it with Brooklyn. Brooklyn at some point is going to sell. You know, Brooklyn right now is sitting in the 11th spot. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10. They're 7-8 and eight overall. They're not doing anything. Brooklyn really needs – Brooklyn needs draft picks. You know, you have Miami send Brooklyn a draft pick. You get Doreen Finney-Smith. And I know a lot of people – laugh because there's some nostalgia with Dorian and Mavs fans, but I will say it's a guy who can defend and he knows the players. And you could put Dorian Finney-Smith in that starter role um, with Luka and Kyrie and, you know, he would just be a catch-and-shoot three guy and that's what I've been complaining about, but at least he can defend. And your your guys coming off the bench are guys like Green and Derek Jones Jr. who can also defend. Jaden Hardy needs to more minutes as well. Jaden Hardy shouldn't be getting seven minutes a game. Jaden Hardy should be getting 15 to 20. Um, I, I think that's one of the biggest 
uh, flaws that Kidd has going right now. Him, his lack of playing Jaden Hardy. But Hardy should be playing more minutes. Hardy's what they need. Um, you could replace, I think you could replace Hardaway scoring with Jaden Hardy. Except Hardy's not a volume shooter. He's more, um, he's more productive uh, with his shots. He'll take it to the basket. He doesn't miss layups like Hardaway does. Hardaway has to have the lowest shooting percentage of layups amongst any player in the league. He misses more layups than any player I know. So I just, like I said, it's this team is frustrating to watch. Um, I'm so glad I shut it off because I, if I would have seen Luca playing center, and I, I just I don't know what I would have done. I wouldn't have been able to I wouldn't have been able to watch it after that. I just I, I don't understand Jason Kidd. I, I have a feeling he's gonna be with this team for another two or three years before Cuban figures it out that he's not a good coach. Um he's he's basically the guy he was in Milwaukee and we're seeing it. I would rather have coach Boonholzer over Jason Kidd, just like Milwaukee, because at least, you know, you can say what you want about Boonholzer, his lack of adjustments or whatever, but, you know, Kidd doesn't make adjustments either. And Boonholzer's a better coach, regardless. A lot of a lot of coaches don't make adjustments, right? There, there's a lot of coaches out there that don't make adjustments. Rick Carlisle didn't make adjustments. Um, and if he did, it was very rare. But I, I would rather have Budenholzer back out there. He's available. I'd rather have Terry Stotts. He's available. I, I just think that there are other guys out there that are better than Jason Kidd that you could get. And like I said, there's going to be a good team miss the playoffs this year. And I don't know who it's going to be, but it could be Dallas. I mean, Dallas is right there. Um, you know, you look at the Clippers are four games out of first place, and Dallas is a game and a half. Which means there's only a two and a half game lead between the the Mavs and the Clippers. Um, once you get past the Clippers, it starts falling a little more. The Jazz, the Blazers, the Grizzlies, uh, and the Spurs. The Spurs have been really bad. Um, you know, Detroit and Washington, the only teams worse than they are. Uh, but it's you know maybe you get in on Chicago's whole uh, garage sale. You know, Chicago's going to be selling a bunch of players. Maybe you get in on that. Brooklyn should be. Dallas could get in on that. Uh, I I figure Utah's going to, going to trade John Collins. I don't think Utah's going to keep John Collins. I think they brought in John Collins so they could trade him. And so I don't want John Collins on the Mavs, but one thing I do think Dallas can do is get take advantage of that and maybe get in on a trade where John Collins is involved. So... You know, whether he goes to, like, New York or something. I don't know. Wherever. Um, I think there are going to be some teams that are going to make trades to try and get better. I do think the Knicks are one of them. That's why I keep bringing them up. The Knicks need something. Um, and I don't think they want to give up a lot. So if you could send them Hardaway for your draft pick back, right, so that Dallas doesn't have to give New York the draft pick, then I think New York would do that. Right, because they're not giving up their draft pick; they're just giving up a draft pick that they had gotten in a previous trade. Um, I do think Miami will make a trade to try and get better. I wouldn't doubt it if Atlanta tried. Uh, you know, Dallas tried to get Capella. I don't think Atlanta's going to give him up. Whether Toronto starts selling players or not, I don't know. 
thing about Toronto is, is you know, they're a 500 team right now, but I think they're better than all the teams in front of them. So I think they'll be in that 10th spot. And a lot of teams are just happy being in that 10th spot because they get an opportunity at that play-in tournament. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where I don't think Brooklyn or I don't think Toronto will fall out. So I don't think Toronto's going to want to move some move anybody. So, um, you know, Orlando might, you know, Orlando's sitting at second, but I don't think they'll go after anybody. I think Orlando's happy with the team they got. They don't have to move anybody. Um, you know, they have they they have a lot of young guys. They're still working on developing, and you know they might be a little ahead of schedule. I don't know. They do have some veterans on their team. The only thing I could see Orlando doing is maybe trying to sign someone who's a buyout. You know, Dallas can move Tim Hardaway, and they could take on a guy like. Uh, or even Brooklyn could if, if Dallas moved Hardaway to like Miami. You know, Brooklyn could take Kyle Lowry. And I think Kyle Lowry's contract's expiring. So Brooklyn could buy him out and he could sign anywhere. Now, he'll probably sign with the Lakers because that's just how things go. But um, I, I just think that there's a trade out there for Dallas to get involved with. Whether or not they, you know, they're not going to get a big name. But just bringing in a guy who can defend and dribble, to me, is a is a win. So that's just how I feel about that. Um, you've got guys on on this Mavs teams that can do a little bit of that. You know, they might be able to do a little dribbling. They can't defend. They might be able to defend, but they they're not that great at dribbling. And you know, some of them are inconsistent. You know, Josh Green. I wish he could be more consistent. Maybe he needs more consistent minutes. Maybe he needs to start. Maybe put him in the starting lineup. Maybe you make that change, and that helps Josh Green. So I, I don't know. I, I just think you have to get Josh Green rolling at some point, and you've got to do something. I, I just it. I don't know. It's tough to watch this Mavs team sometime. Um, you know, when they're hitting their shots, they're fun to watch. But when they're not, they're a train wreck to watch. And there's. Nothing diff- that's the same as it was last year, so that's my big that's my big problem with this team. So, I you know at the end of the day, I, I do think Dallas is better than the Lakers. You know we saw it on Wednesday. You know Lakers are sitting at seventh. I do think Dallas is better than New Orleans. You know New Orleans is sitting at ninth. I think Golden State's better than Dallas, but I think Golden State's just had a lot of injuries and. Draymond was suspended, um, so they're sitting a game below 500. I think Golden State will be fine. I think Golden State will go on a run, but I also think Golden State's one of those teams that's going to make a move, and so that's another team Dallas could get involved with in a trade. Um, but I, I do think Golden State does improve their team, and so I think there's a team in the top six that falls to the play-in, and it, it's probably Dallas. So Dallas is Dallas just has to do something because you can't you can't miss the playoffs two years in a row and expect to keep your job as as the coach. I, I think Dallas would have to move on from Kid, and if Cuban didn't, then he's just asking them to be bad again for another season. And then after that, it's how long before you know Kyrie wants out. For Luca, once I and you, you're just it's just a domino effect, 
and then all of a sudden you're the Brooklyn Nets. Um, if they ever get to the point where where they're so bad that Luka's just done and he wants out, I'll retire as a Mavs fan. Um, I, I just, I'm done until Cuban sells the team. I just don't think he's the right owner. I think he's a lot like Jerry Jones of the Dallas football team. You know, he keep, he holds on to guys too long. He holds on to coaches too long. And he he gives contracts to guys because he likes them. Like Powell. Oh, I like Powell. Let's keep... No, you got to replace Powell. He's not good. So, anyhow, the Mavs' next game, it's uh, they get another break, which is another thing that was troubling is that Dallas was, had two game, two days off, and... Then they were playing the Clippers on the second night of a back-to-back, but Dallas was the team that had no interest in winning. Dallas plays Tuesday. They play Houston. They play at home. Even though it's a tournament game, it really means nothing to either team, I think. I think Houston might need to win and get some points to be considered as a wild card, but Dallas is out of it. So that's, you know, that's whatever. But, you know, maybe Lively will be able to play. Maybe Rashawn Holmes will be used as a backup. You know, at some point, Maxie's going to come back. And if you can use Maxie as Grant Williams' backup instead of Lively's backup, you've done something better than what you were doing to start the season. So, you know, because Maxie's not a five, neither is Powell. Those guys, you know, Powell and Maxson need to be backing up Grant Williams. They don't need to be backing up Lively. Rashawn Holmes needs to be backing up Lively. So, anyhow, the next game is Tuesday. And I do believe after that they play Thursday. Um, No, they don't. They play Friday. They have two days off. They play Memphis Friday. And then they play again Saturday um, against Oklahoma City, which is a big game. So, at least that game's at home. They play, um, you know, they're talking about back-to-backs being in different cities, and Dallas only has one back-to-back where they play in, you know, in the same city or at home. So they played New Orleans back-to-back, but that wasn't on a second night. So I think Dallas only has one true back-to-back where they play in the same city. So anyhow, I'm going to go ahead and end the pod there. If you could, rate and review the podcast, wherever it is you get your podcast. Really appreciate it. Hope the Mavs can get a win on Tuesday. Hope they look better. And until then, we'll see you later.